Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Hollywood Improv babbles on with Kevin Ralph, Friday, February 26th. Muse heads to Wizard World Cleveland, February 26th through 28th. Babble on with Kevin Ralph, March 4th at the Hollywood Improv. March 4th through 6th, comic book men's Mike and Ming are at Central PA Comic Con. Hollywood Babylon at the Hollywood Improv on March 18th. HBO at the Improv in Hollywood on Friday, March 25th. Kev brings his one-man show to the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida on March 26th. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. Everybody and welcome to I Saw Comics, a special midweek edition. Uh, we were here broadcasting from the home of the comic book men, Jay and Sam Bob's Secret Stash. My name is Ming Chen. Sitting across from me is a mighty, 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 mighty Mike Zapsik. What's up, Ming? Why are we doing a special? Did, did Susan, is your mic on? Susan, Flip your mic on. There you go. Oh my God! There we right, go, there. Ming. Why are we doing a mid midweek? It did. Did Susan at the um, the post office piss Walt off again? No. All right. Not this time. Just checking. Actually, we have a couple spe- very special guests. One very, very special on my right. Now, if you're in the New York area, you're a comic book fan. We have a legend in these. Yeah, if the- you grew up in the the 70s, 80s, 90s, and you were hitting comic book shows up in New York City, you saw this man wandering around. You're like, oh, wow, uh, what's going on? Holy crap, they're, they're letting the homeless in. That's exactly what you. Yeah. Oh my God! It's the mad. It's the mad Riddler. Yes. Yes. It's there. He is. It is. Oh my God! I I wish this was a visual media. Mike Carbo. We'll take a photo of this, but professionally, we will. Professionally, he is known as Mike Carbonaro. Yes. But in the comic book world, especially in the Big Apple comic book world, he is known as the one and only Mike Carbo. You may know him as uh, you may know him for Mike Carbo's Big Apple Comic Con. Otherwise known as Mike Carbo's New York Comic Book Marketplace, and a man who celebrates the love of comics and pop culture. Hello, my friend. Say hello. Hello. No, yes. you gotta you gotta talk in a microphone. Yeah, jump oh, okay. Yeah. Is there that you where go. it goes? Yeah, yeah. We want the microphone. Yeah, we want to hear you. Hello, Mr. Mike. Hello, Mr. Ming. Hello, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and collectors everywhere. Yeah. Now, Mike, I don't know if you knew this. The Mike Carbo's Big Apple Comic Con is the longest running comic book and science fiction fantasy. Horror and pop culture convention in New York City. The longest running. That fits on a a, a business <laughs> card. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. It fit on. It's, it's also a well, actually. We go with a postcard. Yeah, you had to go with a postcard in that one. It fit, um, it fit on Wikipedia. So hey, okay. <laughs> so um, we'll start which using is, a longer postcard. Which is this is awesome. Mike Mike brought um, he brought a photo album. He did. And this is pretty damn impressive. Uh, I remember back in the day, going up to New York, um, having like a hundred bucks in my pocket. Going into the basement of was it the the uh, the Penta? All hail! I will get down oh. on my knees. Saint Paul the Apostle Church. Yeah, Saint Paul the Apostle <laughs> Church. Being a good um, altar boy Catholic, yes, raised Catholic, uh, went in, genuflected, you know, dipped the finger in the holy water. Did you really? And, and then you yeah. went in the basement. And then I went in the basement. Con- then my you dear went- God. Help me score an Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah, and then you went down and you went to the real church. Into the bowels. <laughs> yes, you exactly. Went to the real you went down and you're like, oh my God, this is a little slice of hell. The church. It was f- awesome. There was a crypt to the side in that basement as well. And when we would run the show, and we did almost 40 shows in that church basement, 
and there weren't enough people running through that morning. I, I'd look in all the work and all the time, and it would be 11 o'clock, and there'd be nobody online anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd go into crypt and cry. Okay, but <laughs> and, then, then people came well, in. Well, by 12 yeah. o'clock, then it'd be a line, then I'd jump out in the street, and I'd kick my legs two times. Well, of course, because so you, you, you know? didn't check the, um, <laughs> the train schedules. That's the problem. Wait, so there was, there was the altar, there was Jesus on a cross, <laughs> there was comic books, and then there were dead people. Well, Always. yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think that pretty that pretty much sums up comic book collecting, man. <laughs> also, sitting my left, Anthony Snyder of Anthony's Comic Book Art, a uh, a man who was on Comic Book once, twice, twice. I was your expert witness on Comic Book Art twice. That's right. And then now, now he will he will not keep it a secret that he's our comic book art expert. It's on all of your. It's on. It's yes. on all of your advertising. It's, my claim to fame, it's my, on your my banner. It's on your postcards. Yes. It's on all your advertising medium. Well, once in a while, I gotta go with well, you know what works. I, I gotta, I gotta have a has has being our comic book art expert has that benefited you in any way oh, possible? Yeah. It uh, it got me a couple good deals and it got me about a thousand people that wanted to do free estimates yeah. for them. Really? <laughs> so it's worked out. Just never uh, sorta. Right. I mean, it's 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 been a good experience, and I'm happy to be here with you guys today. All right, I'm glad we could help. I'm glad we could help you out. And you you are here. You're gonna be a vendor at yes. Mike Carbo's. Yes, Apple I'm here Comic to talk Com. about the business of comic books outside of uh, just a retail store, like how it is out there at shows, you know, doing every show that Mike's ever done and, uh, you know, traveling to the big shows of San Diego, New York Comic Con and Chicago. It's a, I, one, I think you're nuts for running these shows. I know it's kind of a, it's a lot it's of moving, a madhouse. Lot so of, do I. A lot of moving pieces in these cons right now. But you have a show coming up March 5th, this Saturday. Uh, it's at the uh, Penn Plaza Pavilion. Penn Plaza Pavilion. Get it right, man. Penn Plaza Pavilion. Right. And there's also the Hotel Pennsylvania, at which the Hotel is where Pennsylvania. it's encased. This, uh, this location could not be more convenient. It's right across the street from Madison Square Garden, Penn Station. If you're anywhere in New Jersey, Philly, New York, that is the hub of – that's where they drop you off. Toyed, you, toyed, and seven. You literally have to walk 25 feet. There's a helicopter pad on the top of the roof, too, that they just installed if, for If us. you want a helicopter yeah. in, so. which, you know, for your high rollers, <laughs> yeah. who, who, you know, if you if you do want to buy a uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, there will probably be... Mike, did you really get an Amazing Fantasy oh, 15 no, no, for no. 100 God, bucks? God let me down. Oh. God let me down. <laughs> and uh, it runs they were the, probably available back that's then. That's why I'm a lapsed Catholic. And it runs from 10 to 6 today, uh, uh, on, on March 5th. The show is... This Saturday, nycbm.com is the website, New York Comic Book Marketplace, nycbm.com. It's all day Saturday from 10 to 6. Tickets available at the door. I'll be outside selling scalping tickets outside the I saw that. this afternoon. You don't, and you, okay. you don't <laughs> think it's scalping if <laughs> you're selling your tickets to your own yeah. event. But yeah. hey, I, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> is that what they call it in New York when you sell a, a, a ticket a, admission to your just, own show? Yeah. And two, you won't have to scalp. They're 20 bucks. Actually, so, I made a living scalping tickets in the 70s in New York. It was one of my businesses. That doesn't shock me. Yes. <laughs> I remember yes. the Rolling Stones tour, 75. That was the year of 75 when we graduated. <laughs> I get into school at 9 o'clock. I found out that the Stones tickets were going on sale. I went to the headmaster. I took eight people out of the class. We got in taxis. I gave them all cash, told them to go get a pair of tickets, and we all saw the Stones tour that so, year. But I made a lot of money selling the tickets. You were Damone from Fast Times Ridgemont <laughs> yeah. High before Damone was. I love That's this. You, cool. You've been hustling your whole life. Basically, I love it. And uh, Mike, I have personal, straight out of Queens. Mike, I have personal experience with the show. I was a honored guest last year. I had an amazing time. It, it was. Uh, did they helicopter you in? I did not get helicopter. Oh, and actually, yeah. Rob Rob Bruce drove me in uh, in his station oh, Hi, Robert. So, <laughs> that has since broke down. You're lucky to have gotten there alive. Hey, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I had a great time, Mike. And uh, I regret that we cannot be there this week. We have a prior commitment. And I know you wanted Mike Zapsik there last year too. We would have cleaned oh. up. Unfortunately, what what happened last year? I think you had was, to work. I had to work. I think you yeah, simple as that. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, it was your week. Yeah, it was, it was my your, week. You had to cover this story. For for next year's event, I'll make some be making some special announcements. We'll make sure to get you guys on board. Uh, are we, Mike? Are this, we invited back? Even though oh, we're not coming, one hundred fifty percent, two hundred percent. You're you're the new comic book royalty in the, in, in, in the world here. No way, one hundred percent. I'm passing the torch on if wow. such a thing exists. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. if uh, if celebrity guests are your thing, we also have you also have uh, Jason David Frank, uh -huh. the, green, the Green Power Ranger. He's <laughs> great. I've been. 
bang my head against the wall to figure out how to get a thousand balloons into the room. Do I do it to go with the helium tanks? Do we do the pumps? Right now we have 12 volunteers on standby and they're all like, they've got like pumps and helium tanks coming. We're filling the room up with a thousand balloons and I haven't figured and out. And we're missing exactly this. How, how far are you out. from Times Square? Cause I, <laughs> I know a couple of chicks who I, with those hand gestures you were just doing, <laughs> we'll do it. We're really good, good at blowing things up. 300 bucks an hour, but Hey, you know, yeah, Mike, are you a fan of Point Break or Orange is the New Black? Orange is the New Black, yes. Point Break, not so much. Well, you're missing out because Lori Patty's going to be Lori, there. I love Lori Patty. She's what awesome. What about Tank Girl? Tank Girl. That's the and one Tank that Girl. I love. What about Tank League of Your Own? And League of Their Own. <laughs> yes. League of Their Own. League of Your okay, Own. Okay, well, I know, you're a f- I know you're a fan of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Mike. Oh, who isn't? Karen Parsons will be there. That's fantastic. What happened to, um, um, what was the mom's name? She Vivian. Was Vivian. Viv 1 and Viv 2. New Viv and Old Viv. V- new Viv and Old Viv. Yes. I liked Old Viv. Yeah. She was uh, a little outspoken. I liked her. Yeah. Also, we have uh, another comic book men alumni coming uh to Mike's show, Neil Adams. Neil Adams, the one, the only, the legendary. The Neil man Adams. who might be, who might do more cons than you and I. What do you mean, might? <laughs> I th- okay, he does. <laughs> he does a show every weekend. That man, he does. hardest working man in show business. Yes. I just got back from Cleveland, literally. He was just there last night. I was there. I drove straight through yesterday, yes. and here we are this morning. I think I stopped at my house for a cup of coffee, fell out, and here we are in Red Bank. Uh, but I love know. it, and and probably one of my favorite people in the comic book industry, Jim Steranko. Jim Steranko. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> the again a legend and uh, and uh, a bitch slapper from way back. Yeah, and I I want to I want to warn you if you've never met Jim. And you want to shake his hand, be ready. Yeah. He will turn your you, bones to dust. You better have steel in your grip because he certainly does. Uh, good man, and he does judge you by your handshake. He does. Great yeah, story about Jim Steranko, and he's one of my favorite artists, if not top two or three, personally. I mean, Captain America 110, 111, 113. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you got to give yourself a little bit of leeway. Top five. You know, uh, this way he gives you a no, little bit of wiggle room. No, he's going to be number three if, uh, if oh, that's the worst. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. We can discuss that one at another one. All right, cool. But the first time I met Jim Steranko, I used to do this flea market called Brimfield in Massachusetts. There were seven miles. The whole town would turn into literally a flea market with everything you could imagine. And there's this guy, this little guy walking walking along the field and he's got a sandwich board sign on both sides old pulps wanted i'm like okay let me talk to this guy it was jim steranko him what? and my dad hit it off they've been friends ever since so how long ago was this 1972 oh wow holy crap Steranko yeah. was wearing a sandwich board he was mm-hmm. an artist and mm-hmm. rob bruce at the same time <laughs> yeah but wow. with wait an artist and rob bruce with good hair <laughs> <laughs> Great hair. Jim Stranko mm-hmm. has the best hair in the business. Yes. No doubt. Yeah, if you want to see this hair, come on to the New oh York Comic Book Market. I, I always thought I had really good hair. My, his puts mine to shame. Yeah, it, do, oh. it, it does. You know, I think I'm going to start doing some awards. We'll do best hair in the business, the okay. alumni award. I like that, guys. Yeah. These are good ideas. <laughs> May we win one of those awards one day. <laughs> Mike, how did you get started in this crazy business? How did you start the New York Comic Marketplace, the Big Apple Con? What can we go back? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting story. I have in my van, which I'll bring it out, the original map to a show that I started in 1976. I loved comic books all my life. I did conventions starting in 1971. I actually just counted. I think I've done over 1,500 shows personally that I've and besides producing over 300 days of events but so I I love rock and roll so I did a rock and roll amusement park called the Rolling Rock Show at Street Bowie Boulevard Freud Freeway Penny Lane and that's cool (laughs) it was absolutely wonderful we had 10,000 people and I did a convention of rock and roll stuff and then years passed I opened a comic store in the 80s and there was a show in New York that Fred Greenberg used to run Phil Suling was the originator of the comic book Mm -hmm. conventions in New York and Then Fred Greenberg had a show and it was at the New York Coliseum. At the last minute, something happened. The show was not going on. And this was on a Wednesday. Stan Lee's flying across. People, dealers are coming from all over the country. Wait, you're telling me the show folded midweek? Like, Literally. Right before it was, like we the were, two days before it was supposed to go on. We were there at 12 o'clock that noon and there's a buzz. Show, no show, no show. What, what? I spent the next two hours with Fred trying to find another location. Right. He gave up at that point. We said, Fred, if you're going to give up, we're going to try to find something. He just failed? We literally, he just bailed. Wow, we, well, we thought, we've been to some bad cons. No, but my this God. One literally folded in mid 
This like, sounds like an episode of The Simpsons where you know all you have to do is show up at the airport where Stan's going to be, hold up a placard, yeah. ride him on yeah. your bike. Yeah, Lee. All you need <laughs> yeah. is a big size that says Stan, Lee on it. Yeah, Lee. Not even Stanley, just Lee on and, it. And you can pick up a couple because, you know, you got uh, Larry Lieber coming in, yes. Stan, and uh, a, a very youthful Jim Lee, I'm sure. Yeah, so you stepped in. Now, Larry Lieber's related to Stan, but Jim Lee is not related to Larry or Stan. Which is, is weird, correct? right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah. we're standing on the corner. And I'm looking with my other friend, Vincent Zerzolo, and a Vincent and a Vinny Guducci, okay? Three Italians, okay, Carbonaro, yeah. Zerzolo, Guducci. Right. And we're looking, and there's this church steeple. You can literally see it from 57th and Columbus, two avenues over on 9th Avenue. And I'm like, what's that? Churches always have a basement. So I ran in there. This is on the Wednesday afternoon. I said, <laughs> they had a place. It was 18,000 square feet. I said, I'll take it. I threw the money on the table. The guy said it was like a whirlwind hurricane. We had no idea what would happen. Yes. We promoted it for the next. 100 hours or 80 hours, whatever it was. Saturday morning, we opened the doors. We charged free admission. <laughs> we charged $200 for tables for dealers that hadn't turned around. It was a whoosh. Oh, my God, you saved the day, superheroes. I think it was my friend Vincent who came up with the name Big Apple Conventions. Yeah. Anthony was at the show. Absolutely, the show that <laughs> must go on. You called it. Mm -hmm. Right, ChurchCon, the show must go on. And history was made. We called it Big Apple, and it just kept going. That's crazy. What year was this? This was 1997. This is actually next year will be the 20th anniversary officially. What happened to the AA meeting that was supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah, all we, those people just stand around going. We kicked them out and they all relapsed. I'm, I'm still sure. going to that one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, or the knitting bazaar. I guess you kicked the old ladies out too. Yeah, well, that that's fine. You know, those old ladies are really vicious sometimes, especially Catholic old ladies. Yeah. They will rip out your throat, man. Right. Yeah, and what, what was it like back then? Because, you know, you go to cons now and it's... It's, it's very a, smooth. It's very polished. It's, it's a very, circus. Yes. Yeah, it's gotten almost too corporate. It's something that I've tried to keep the flavor of the early conventions that I always liked from the 1970s. Yeah, you really do. If you go, like it, it feels like... You like mm -hmm. have the requisite convention. smelly guys yeah. wandering. Well, yeah, we have that guy, the, the wizard. There's a wizard. There's a smelly wizard guy who walks around the convention. A.K.A. <laughs> Rob Bruce. Yeah, right. A.K.A. Rob. Yeah, look, it's it's Rob Bruce, A.K.A. Gandalf, A.K.A. Rob Bruce. Yeah, you shall not pass because I don't want to pass him. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Dude, I'm, I'm there was the underdog lady going over to in the, the church basement, but. Uh, you know, and so I always tried to keep that idea of a straight comic book show, and I think that this show is one of the best one-day comic book shows in the business. Oh, my God. Underdog Lady. I met yeah, her. Yeah, right? At a, at a con? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. back in the day. You well, just like, bing! I'm like, oh, my God. Underdog Lady. Holy well, crap. Well, explain for me, because she's, she's very East she's Coast. She's a huge but... underdog fan. Okay. She, she, I don't know. I you she started it. I can't. <laughs> nah, pretty much there. She she rants and raves about underdog, and and you try to block, you, you break eye contact, and slowly move back. So she literally dresses like underdog with the it's, big U, the cape, yeah, and Unitards, she she thinks she's underdog. She's she's actually been a um um a grand marshal of a couple of small town parades it's really really yeah i heard she odd. was on the she was part of the howard Stern whack pack for a little bit yeah oh my god wow you, wow but now that you bring that i didn't know she went to con so she may be the original cosplayer it's entirely right? possible yeah oh my yeah. gosh yeah you yeah. know, that's interesting. And I've seen the comic book conventions evolve from a literally a strict marketplace in the 70s and the 80s. And then in the 90s, and I was one of the people doing it, we started adding wrestlers and celebrities. Right. And even if they're not directly comic books, they're in the world of fandom. And yes, the world pop of, culture. Yes. Yeah. Pop, pop culture and things. So it's evolved. And then the people come and they want to dress as their favorite superhero. And it's literally Halloween every day at the comic book convention. And it's, it's fun. You know, it's a way to reinvent re reality through your fantasy as long as you don't take it too far. Some people do. Some people don't. But it's become this costume parade. Yeah. So we're actually thinking of creating a costume parade convention even along like the way. Like a cosplay convention. Like all cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, you, with all the cosplayers, I, I think you do pretty well doing that. But I want to keep the show traditionally comic books. I try to do that. This really is. We've got about 75 dealers, 150 tables of guys selling stuff from all over the country. And it's this Saturday. Uh, what, when, oh, March, March, that's right. March 5th. March 5th, right? my friend. <laughs> you know, they said there'd be a little bit of rain, a little bit of uh, flurries, maybe, but the weather's going to be like 40, 30, 40 degrees. It'll be great. 
And the and requisite broken elevators to load in. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. use, use the escalators then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those always break down every other, you know, every, every other hour. The up one, the down one, you know, if you can get them at the same time, you're lucky. Don't make <laughs> Ming say Penn Plaza Pavilion again. Penn Rob. Plaza Pavilion. Penn yeah. Plaza Pavilion. Well, I got a good story Across of how, which I don't think everyone knows, how it moved from the church basement to the Penn Plaza. No, Pavilion. how did you make you, this upgrade? How did you get kicked out of the church, Mike? Well, oh, Mike, you, you were talking about being a Catholic schoolboy, which yes. I was as well. Sure. So, <laughs> so I went, uh, so anyhow, so we have a show happening, and this is September, I believe, around 2003. And two weeks before the event, I get a call from the church basement. Big Apple from the church people. And they say, uh, Big Apple, yeah, there's, you can't have your show here. And I go, why? Uh, Cardinal O'Connor says you can't have it. This is the Cardinal of sure. the, the, the diocese. He misses his AA meeting. Yeah, he arch, needs his bad coffee. The Archdiocese of New York City, yes. Who is this Big Apple and what are they doing? Obviously, one of the parishioners had seen one of my guests. She was a wrestling girl, but she had had a checkered past, to I say thought, the least. I thought, yeah. Porno. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well. It was a little X-rated, so to speak. So, I mean, I thought about, my God, I have a contract. Should I sue the church? Should I do this? I couldn't. I thought lightning was going to strike me. I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> that's... This is literally a week before the event, and a friend of mine, his name was Rich Buxo, he says, Mike, I got a place, but it's got pillars in it. <laughs> and it was the Penn Plaza Pavilion, which I had looked at years before sure. but i didn't want to go there because of the pillars but nevertheless we found it last minute i went to their penn plaza pavilion and we moved upscale upstage and it all worked so 2003, out 2003 so. they let you in there for six years before they said anything <laughs> yeah all right well everything's meant happens for a reason and uh, the venue in, you're in now is like it's quintessential it's a great place for a con. We've actually thought of having a re, a, a reunion or a revival. Okay, there's a better a word for it. And creating the church show again. We actually talked to the church people about having an event there again. Oh, really? So get ready. You never okay. know what'll happen. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with yeah. that. I remember meeting Kevin Smith yeah, in was, the church. I remember basement. meeting him there too. He used to walk around yeah. at the shows and finally go, "Who is that guy? Oh, that's Kevin Smith." And Robert came up to me. I remember and says, "Because Robert did all my shows, did all those comic shows then." And he goes, you got to have him for the show. And I'm like, I don't, he's not going to talk to me. I go, yeah. So I poke him, I poke him in his long jacket that he had. And he, he I go, do you think you might want to do it? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll do the show in the yeah. church. Sure, right away. I mean, he didn't even say nothing. That was it. And there you go. He came to the next show. He's got side smoke cigarettes for a few weeks. Right. in and sign autographs. It yeah. was great. Yeah, so, this was back uh, right after Clerks, Mallrats-ish, about yeah, nine, in, the, in, the, in the mid-90s, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think him and Muse and some, some of they would drag Brian along. Yeah. Ah, lovely. It, to these, it, to it these was shows. Great. That show, I think the line was around the block yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, so wait, so you're talking, Kevin came and did a show. It was great. Absolutely, he was oh, there. I don't think he'd miss, if any church basement that runs a show, I think he'll be there, right? <laughs> Just the reverence of it, he liked it. As long as, as long as Cardinal O'Connor doesn't <laughs> tell him to get the hell out of there, or yeah, he'll be excommunicated. Has the Cardinal seen clerks by any chance? <laughs> uh, you know what? I doubt it. Is Is he still alive? I mean, forgive my ignorance. He's retired. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. You know what? He screwed you over, and uh, he—I'm sure he made the list. <laughs> Mike Carbo's got a list as long as your arm of enemies. Oh no, he's invited. Oh, yeah. Everyone's invited. Yes. Everyone's my friend. They can all come. Everybody on the guest list that is that's, for the comic book convention. Nice, he made weekend. my list. All right. So. Everybody wins at Mike Carbo's New York comic right. book marketplace. And remember to tweet Car- uh, former Cardinal O'Connor. It's at former Cardinal <laughs> O'Connor. <laughs> Cardinal right. O'Connor. Yeah, thanks for kicking us out there. Cardinals do tweet. Right. <laughs> That's a cool story. Shortly after Clark arrived. <laughs> no one's going to get that one, Mike, except for me. I'm sitting here going, yeah, you're right. Wow. All right. Um, That's a good story. After around Mallrats or Chasing Amy, like Kevin would just go to a con. Yeah. And just... Because he wanted to buy comics. One of the really no, 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 no big deal. Yeah, I'll do it right away. He was like, okay, sure. Yeah. One of the funny things, yeah, the one, the one thing that Kevin still laments is that he can't hit the con floor yeah. and look for stuff. And that's one bothered. of the things that that happens um, with Walt Flanagan as well. He's like, I can't go anywhere because people recognize we're we're a very small community. 
What was that movie with Pierce Brosnan where they had the bowler hats and they had 50 people with the bowler well, hats? Well, that was uh, the Thomas Crown Affair. Right, so which, if we get a few guys that have the Kevin Smith look and we'll get like we 40 do. of them we do. at the show, that way he'll just meld in with them and no one will know who it is. And then How you can have a that? Kevin Smith lookalike contest. There we go. Kevin can come in like fourth or fifth. And yeah, he won't yeah. even win. And we no, can announce like, him as a guest and even if he's not yeah. there, it's all good. Special uh, special mention, honorable mm-hmm. mention to uh, this, this guy's really taking it. His name is Kevin Smith. Yeah. So bring him up. And he's and, too skinny now. Yeah, people are like, uh, where are the glasses? Yeah. Now, me, Mike and I go to a lot of cons. I, th- I went. To, I think I went to 25 shows last year, Mike. And That's a good amount. As such, uh, I've we, we've been able to peek behind the curtain a little bit. We, we kind of know how these cons run as they are today. I mean, it must have been much simpler back in 1997, 1996. You know, vendors, um, you might have had a few guests that, that would just come if you flew them in or provide transportation. Now, there's a lot of money involved, a lot of drama. It's a multi-million dollar industry. A lot of, lot of, uh, just a lot of moving pieces. Uh, has it become tougher for you as a man who started out, as who, who was a pioneer of the conventions? How to run a Comic-Con in 10 easy steps. Um, yeah, I, I, if I, I, I can do it, I think anyone can do it, kind of. But I, I That's would, what everybody always says, yeah. but they don't understand how complicated so, but, it really uh, is. Yeah, I mean, you know, beyond the admission, beyond beyond sending, uh, selling vendor tables, setting up panels, uh, the big thing is uh, getting guests in. Uh, you know, they get paid a lot of money. You know, you have a lot of money on the line. Uh, you could You could start to kind of lose your house. Exactly. If, if, if things don't go well. I'm not going to name names, but I have had people um, Instagram me. Uh, actually, not Instagram, but uh, uh, instant message me. and Angry and, Birds tweeting? No. Well, yeah, sort of. But they're, they're all um, – one guy in particular was, uh, hey, should I get this person or this? Because I get – X amount of dollars, but for that amount, I can get two of these guys. And I'm sitting here going, do what you want. Yeah. Or keep it comic-centric. I mean, that's uh, that's the key, right? Keeping it's, it comic-centric. Right. It's a challenge. The celebrities now have all guarantees and certain things. And I'm always, yeah. do I want to bring this one? Do I want to bring that? Where do I want to put the money into advertising? Yes. Do I want to put it into the show to bring it back? So it's always been a uh, – I literally went through – 40 guests that I could have brought to this event sure. that I didn't. And out of it, there's two or three that I thought were the right fit for the show okay, and so the you, right price. All right. So you, you know, you make a conscientious, a conscientious effort. It, to- it does get kind of daunting, but. The, the one thing is I have a passion for buying comics as well as promoting conventions. Right. And the thing that gives me satisfaction, believe it or not, because I, I, I make good money buying and selling comic books and comic conventions makes money. But with all the drama and, and craziness, as you say, but when someone comes up at the end of the show or during the show and says, hey, man, I had a great convention. That was great. Mike did it. Yeah. I tried to retire a few years ago, right? I literally tried to retire. It was the same show yeah, as Stanley. Yeah, good luck with that. And – then people kept coming up, saying, this was the greatest show. I couldn't retire after that. I had to do it again. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing. But yes, there's an amazing amount of logistics and, 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 and figures and people. I mean, you're throwing a party for 5,000 people and everyone's involved. The fans, the celebrities, yes. the artists, the dealers, and your friends. <laughs> yeah. So you got to keep everyone happy. And then there's that balance where, you know, it's a, it's a comic book show primarily. But uh, a lot of them have shipped it over to where it's all – it's mainly guests now, where the comics are an afterthought at some of these shows. I'm actually kind of scared, folks, because Mike just pulled. Oh my God, here we go! Look well, at this. I just pulled There's out a, a Who concert two days before the convention this Wednesday at Madison Square Garden, yes. right across the street. Nice. Which I'll be there throwing flyers. Are out you for the carpet convention. bombing Madison Square Garden? But I brought some nice coverless comic books for us to read. <laughs> oh, cool! You know, so there you go. Wow. This is Sergeant Fury number one, ring. number thirty-nine. There you go. Wow. Journey yeah, what, history eighty-three. What I love those. Man first Thor. You have kept that balance, I think. Yeah. So. There you go. Amazing Adventures. And that's how Spider-Man got his name. That's how he got the Amazing. It started in a tryout comic, a monster comic called right. Amazing Adventures, which became Amazing Adult Fantasy, Fantasy. which changed to Amazing Fantasy. Fantasy. They introduced <laughs> Spider-Man. They carried the Amazing, and he became the Amazing Spider-Man. He could have been the Incredible Spider-Man, but he's not. He's the Amazing. Right. So, I think you should talk about, Mike, is that how many of these guys, like myself, 
that started off at your church show with one little table trying to sell Beanie Babies and a few comics and then have it's become exploded. nationally known and, and figures in this business like myself and Vinny Zerzolo. Vincent and become, I were partners. Yeah, uh, that you, how many dealers have you started in this business that have now become you know mainstays at these shows and, and big time supporters of the comic book industry? I, I like to think almost everyone. <laughs> but literally they can all say I bought one of my first comic books from you, Mike. When, like Ming said, in the 70s yeah. or in the 80s. or And like I said, again, like the conventions, well, if Mike can buy and sell comic books, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. I started off uh, helping Mike at a four-day show. He paid me $100 a day to help out and gave me a Journey into Mystery 83 that was like very fine for the weekend. And I remember selling it uh, later you over on. You overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> I think you overpaid. Hold on a second. He gave you a Journey into Mystery 83 for the weekend? Yeah, for the weekend. Just to, for the – no. To I mean, help, for helping him that week. Okay. I thought he was like, here, so, uh, you can have this till Sunday, but I want it back. <laughs> I want it back. Yeah. Listen, I started guys, off as Mike Carbonaro's exactly. booth, babe. Mike's uh, opening the store. I have to open the store. You guys keep going, right. and uh, I'll come back for the sign-off. Keep okay. Going. Cool. Yeah. Great. Now, I want to know how you, you sell original comic book artwork. Right. And I, I, Mike started me out in the business like buying and selling comic books, and I started doing shows at the church basement, and that's how I really got involved. But the thing about it is I lived in a, a four-story walk-up building in Manhattan in the time and hauling you know, 20, 30 boxes of comic books down to a, a, a parked cab was no way to get around. So I decided that if I could condense my inventory into just a few art pages, you know, that, that was the way to go. And uh, uh, just from my eye and always being into art, that Mike came over and gave me a piece of art one time and it just opened That's my That's how it started? Art. You gave, gave him he came over to my one bedroom studio apartment in Manhattan at the yeah. time in the nineties and gave me a piece of art. It was a Hulk page, and I still have that page to this day. And that's what started me but again you, into art. He, but you've went from that one original artwork page that Mike gave you to a to, multi-million dollar art business. I'm quite yeah. proud and, and, and no, respectful. It also what Mike's, he has. It's an I give business. Mike all the credit in the world. He absolutely started me in this business. That's crazy. Now, if you go to any major show, you'll see Anth and these comic book art there. With, I actually Actually, had the biggest uh, at New York Comic Con. I had the biggest uh, sole proprietor set up at the spot. Yeah, I had you can't boost there. You can't miss him. Uh, I the re your recent pieces that I've like been like whoa are original pages from Walking Dead. Big yeah, Walking I've Dead been fan. buying a lot of Walking Dead. I I, I believe in the franchise and and just the the legs that it has. People, uh, there's new fans every season, and when that the show kicks up, this the whole business of Walking Dead keep keeps up. I took like. 10 phone calls and texts from a guy about Walking Dead stuff just this morning. Yeah. It's crazy. So, like, people get crazy about that because it's a media uh, property. And uh, they then they then they realize, oh, wow, it started with comic books. And I can read ahead in the story where they're going to go. Right. And then, oh, my God, look, this is an artwork page. that, that, that This is how they made it. You know, and Robert Kirkman comes by and buys uh, art for me. And uh, Robert Kirkman is the, uh, the creator of Walking Dead. Right. And Kirkman the bought art for me? Oh yeah, he buys. He loves '90s stuff. He loves uh, uh, like Dale Keown and uh, and uh, uh, actually Rob Liefeld art. And uh, so those guys that got hot in the early '90s. So Kirkman's got to buy his own art. Well, it's not his no, he, art. He doesn't it's buy Walking art. Dead from me. He buys other stuff. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Because I have like about twenty thousand pieces of original art yeah, on my website, and then on my eBay store, I have about fifty thousand uh, uh, individual collectible yeah. items, and that's all comic centric. A collectible paper, magazines, posters, and and the art and comics and, and CGC. What I love about that is, if you're a collector, you're a comic book fan. Like that is a one of a kind piece, right? You the artwork, yeah. You can't get any more one of a kind yeah. than the, the original page of art for that issue. And to guys like us, that's the Mona Lisa. That's the yeah, the that's, Grail. They like to call it the yeah, Grail that's, piece. That's the girl with the the pearl earring. That's the you know that's the your your Mona. When I right became a, a like. I had a advertising career in New York, but as that kind of like ran its course and I, and this business got bigger and bigger and bigger and advertising was getting harder and harder and harder, especially after 9-11, it's like I had to sell everything, uh, you know, put my stuff, my personal collection in inventory to start my business yes. basically and grow my business. And that's the one regret I have because like I could have had a really substantial personal collection, but the, the, the the things that I the only thing I really kept was the stuff that was really personal. Those moments that I read in the seventies, like the seventy three, seventy four, when I was a little kid, uh, uh, buying twenty cent comic books off the toilet rack at Seven Eleven. 
there was there was stories and moments that I remember and pages that I remembered that just hit my nostalgia bones so hard that I could never let go. And that's what to this day, you know, I remember the day that I was on that twirly rack and I saw a giant size X-Men one and I bought two of those because I thought it was going to be good. And so I spent a whole dollar on two giant size X-Men yeah. ones. And uh, it was that little kernel, that little uh, that instinct in me that how I make a living today. That's how I make a living, buying stuff yeah. that I think is going to be good that I can sell for more. Yeah, but you went one step further. Any, any fool can go and buy a comic book. You have the you're where where it originated the original artwork the uh, like the the artist DNA is on that page. Well, yeah, that's what you know. People like collect autographs, and sometimes they're mad that a page isn't sold. And I'm like, well, you do realize this guy spent like two days of his life on this page, not just ten, you know, two seconds to sign it. Hey, hey Anthony, you're working with one of the guys, right, at the show, the Deadpool yeah, artist. Deadpool's right? hot, and uh, Riley Brown. The, the Deadpool cable artist is going to be there with me. Uh, and we've had a big run on his artwork pages off the website lately. Uh, we probably shipped out, uh, what, like 60, 60 so pages, just sold another cover uh, yesterday. Yes. Uh, it's on fire. He's, uh, you know, and here's a guy that was, you know, uh, he was, uh, had a job at Marvel, but he got put on Deadpool and now he's a hot artist and a great guy. Couldn't, you know, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Just had a new kid. Uh, had a had a fire at his place that was very unfortunate, but so we're uh, selling artwork to support. Oh, his maybe move. we'll have to do something for him at the show. Figure something out. Yeah, well, he's gotten a lot of business from just selling the art at, 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 from my website. Yeah, originally just a cool facet of collecting. Uh, maybe one that a comic fan uh, you know might think it's out of their reach, but your pages range from. What, what's the price range? Well, yeah, see, I'm the only art dealer in the country that has been willing to carry all all levels of uh, uh, you know artwork and collectibles for any budget. I have pages as low as twenty dollars, yeah. you know, to a piece that I think is worth two hundred thousand dollars. Which My is X Men Four Splash. I have the original Splash to X Men Four, so that's the Jack Kirby, uh, and that's wow. the issue so, with the first uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, and it's a beautiful piece. So, I mean, that's like a wow piece. I, you know, I don't want to part with that. That's like something that if I parted with, I would never get something like that back. It's just too hard to find stuff like that in the, in the, in this business yeah. now. I agree with you 100%. I mean, I still have a guy come up to me. Ron Goulart bought a, a Wolverton, Basil Wolverton piece of art in 1981. He still comes to me. Thanks for the art you sold me, Mike. You know, you'll never see a Wolverton piece of art. When do you see that? Maybe yeah, the Wolverton year, uglies, If you're lucky. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we had one last year that was really cool. I grew up with that aesthetic, the Big Daddy Roth and the, the Basil Wolverton uglies from the those uh, crazy sticker, show, uh, uh, sticker sets. Those right. were cool. Yeah. But I'm 52 years old, so I remember that that stuff from the 60s on up, because my I had older brothers and sisters that had like you know that kind of stuff, and then and then I had the 70s stuff. So I have nostalgia from the 60s stuff up, even though I'm not old enough, because I had a eight year old brother uh, and a, a, an eight year older brother and a five year older sister that had that kind of stuff. So that whole 60s aesthetic, uh, uh, I I I'm nostalgic for as well. Yeah, I like uh, so. So I think we use the word holy grail or do you have one original piece that you've been looking for that you well, when I was Ooh, uh, this is interesting. do you have I one like that. that you don't when have I was that on you the, your love? show yes. and uh, I said like what's your grail piece and uh -huh. I said the uh, Cap the Avengers 4 cover that, that Captain would America be one thing I'd, supposedly I heard that's in Japan <laughs> and so, I went to Tokyo for oh, New Year's but I didn't find it so it ex it exists <laughs> Uh, I have uh, I have out. heard stories through the grapevine of uh, people holding pages with Captain America on that slab with the tattered uniform and the shield underneath yeah. and the Avengers standing around. So right. I've been trying to get at that source for a long time now. It's been 20 years probably mm -hmm. I've been trying to get at that source. What do you source. think something like that is worth? Uh, a, just the pages like that? Or that, that cover image? Oh, the if, cover you could, image? if you found it, how much would you be willing to slap down? I would think it would be worth... Uh, Ballpark doesn't have to be exact. Uh, go uh, two million dollars. Two mil. 
between I was two say million, a million, I would have paid uh, that. There yeah. you go. Two. There's wow. people with. You got to realize that the, all these guys that are making these superhero movies were influenced and and loved comic books. Yeah. You know, Darren Aronofsky is somebody that I've I've actually he's thrown me in a couple of his movies sure. that I've sold art to. I mean, he grew up loving Jack Kirby art and loving comic books, and now he's making major motion pictures. You did know, you see Captain America and so, the and uh, the Oscars. Chris yeah, Evans did a Chris little Evans, award there. You know, look at the look at the Oscars. They had they had Chris Evans, you know, Captain America. They had Superman. They had uh, uh, Olivia Mum. Yeah. That is now Psylocke. And, uh, no, th- you know, it's not uh, it's not uh, cheesy to do superhero movies no, anymore. By, yeah, by, by, by no, any you means. Have the, uh, you have the, all these uh, aging A-list actors that want to be the, you know, Robert Redford wants to be the head of, uh, you know, that, the spy organist, CIA Hydra, guy. yes. And uh, you have... Uh, uh, Michael Douglas in you know in the Ant Man, yeah. You know you have these aging A listers that now want to a piece of the action too, and uh, the, the A listers that are in these movies that look at it as a good career move because look, this is our number one American culture export now. The the American superhero movies are what's being bought overseas. It's not you know the. Sandra Bullock rom-coms anymore you know it's like we're shipping Star Wars and Avengers and Ant-Man over to China and they're buying it for a billion or two dollars yeah, and man. that's that's what's you know that's and what's cool comic conventions as well across you know the and that's another facet you know. of the business that's amazing it's like every time there's an announcement I have comic books I have a warehouse I have an 8,000 square foot warehouse with a hundred thousand comics at least you know uh, hundreds okay. and hundreds and hundreds of boxes of unsellable stuff but one announcement from one day to the next, I might be able to sell, you know, a hundred copies of uh, Firestorm because he's going to be on the TV show. Yes, you know that Which went from is. yeah that went from an unsellable comic to something that a will hot, sell for ten dollars, like literally twenty dollars, yes. thirty dollars. You know, and, and if it was a ten dollar comic, you can get it graded and sell it for a hundred dollars. Right. So the the media stuff, the TV stuff, the the movie stuff has been nothing but great for being able to sell comic books on a general basis. Yeah. Yeah, now real quick, in order to get this original art, you've established relationships with the artists, correct? Oh yeah, I, I, in 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 the past, yeah. I mean, a lot of those old guys, you know, they've 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 kind of uh, you know passed away at this point. It's it's sad. I mean, there's not there's not too many of them left. I mean. Mike is actually having Alan Bellman at the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. he's like the oldest surviving Golden Age I, artist, period. We love Alan Bellman. He's he, such a nice Alan guy. Alan Bellman will right. never hesitate to bust my balls when we see each other. And this right? is a man that was working in comic books in the early 1940s. Yeah, Alan Bellman did a comic uh, back in the 40s called Jet Buster Johnson. And he will always, he will never, he will never, uh, he never... Um, Never fails to remind me of that. Health providing, I think he, thinks, he will be there. Yes. How is he doing? Do you He's remind okay. him that you're Chinese What's and that you were fighting though? against the Japanese? Yes. I did, but that he doesn't care. He, <laughs> Asian is just an Asian. <laughs> you know, you got me thinking, Anthony. You know, the, the whole the whole movie industry that advanced the the comic book world. It's also advanced the 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 collectible the convention world. And I just literally I went to Japan for New Year's, yeah. Tokyo. And I went for a comic book convention. It was an anime manga show. And if you think we've got something here in San Diego, forget about it. They're crazy for it. It's absolutely nothing. There was a quarter of a million people, three days, three different sets of a quarter of a million people. Over a half a million people came to this show. It was free admission, different dealers each day of this event. And it was called the Tokyo Big Site. Were there it, any Godzilla toys? They do it twice a year. Oh, I went to this place, Akihabara, and there was like a whole floor of Godzilla yeah. toys. It was amazing. Yeah. But anyhow, um, they do it twice a year, and you could put the Javits three times over into the Tokyo. That's crazy. And this is in Tokyo, so, which we're... Absolutely out, incredible. So I'm going to start traveling a little bit more to see these other conventions. Yeah, but stuff like this started with you, my friend. You know, Think I was thinking it. that too. You know, that 90s was just that crossover right there where you started putting in the Star Wars people and the wrestlers and this and that. And then yeah. the whole beginning of the 2000s, you know, and San Diego started bringing all the movie people into it. And 
Every show started to have a celebrity, and Stan Lee became. And there was a time when Stan Lee would be sitting at the table, and yeah, no, you know, nobody has to say, "Well, hi, Stan, how you doing? Yeah, you want my autograph? Well, okay, yeah, not like four hour lines like you see now. Now, uh, after twenty was, plus appearances yeah. in the movies, I think he's. I thought he was up to eighteen or nineteen appearances yeah. last I checked. But. but the crazy thing is, that a lot of people in a, a ton of that market you're talking about the cosplay know him from his appearance on The Big Bang. Mm-hmm. That, that that show that's about Comic Con culture, really mm-hmm. comic book. Near, near nerds yeah, like myself comic book nerds <laughs> that's the number one comedy on television and they're always talking about you know what what happens at comic-con stays at comic-con yeah. you know and that kind of stuff that's fun yeah, yeah. And, and, and this show this big apple show it kind of has it we have a costume contest for all the costume right. people at three o'clock and halfway through the show it starts to get really crazy and everybody starts lining up for that you have you have all the, the serious comic people there's an early admission at nine o'clock yes. for the guys that want to get the best the deals door open to general public 10 o'clock and how late does the show run? 6 p.m. And we'll stay open later if there's still lines around the yeah. block. No problem. We'll yeah, wait we, for you. <laughs> which I've seen. So I regret that we're not there but, this year. But, but Anthony we, will be there with tons of his stuff, right? And there's a bunch of other artists, Anthony, that you do business with or like, right? Oh, and yeah, Robert well, Bruce will be there as well with all Robert his toys Bruce and collectibles. Pointing at himself like, don't forget about me. <laughs> he has, don't he worry. has Gajin. Yes. But yeah, what other artists, Anthony, that you that you know that'll be at the show that you uh, do business with? Ramona Fraden is one of my oh, favorites. Ramona. I mean, huh? what, she's Lamar- another golden age artist, though. Yeah, she, she's well, trying to silver, right? silver. Early silver. Early silver. Her silver. husband used to do cartoons for the New Yorker in the 1940s. Yeah, Absolutely history. incredible. A lot of history. And 50s. Going on. But she's Amazing. Best known for Aquaman. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, doing some stuff Brenda on Star. Uh, Brenda Starr. She did a long running strip. And the woman will sit there, she'll show up with 100 new drawings that she did this week at 90 years old. And how much are the drawings averaging? Twenty to fifty dollars, yeah. and then but she'll do like three or four hundred dollars. So, so I think she's a little younger than that. <laughs> no, she's ninety. No, she's, really? she no, she's ninety years old. I went up old. to her place and hung out, had coffee with her and stuff. I didn't think so. Holy yeah. cow! She's, yeah. she's as sharp as a tack and amazing. And uh, well, you have another guy that was a real innovator in the business is Eric Larson, who oh, was so the founder Savage Dragons. Eric yeah. Larson, yeah. Uh, one of the founders of Image, yes. which uh, you know just. There is just a, a fork in the road where then it comes to comics when when those guys left Marvel and formed the image of Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee and yeah. Eric Larson and uh, 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 Silvestri and Liefeld. Yeah, yeah. I want to so, get Liefeld to the next show as that well. That was just a, a tremendous. Fork we'll make in Larson the road. make him. We'll, we'll tell Larson to make him come <laughs> <laughs> for the creative if, uh, for the creative juices of the industry. If there's one man on. who can do it, it's you. Oh, I try. So I wanted to get I've your. I've been opinion. knocking on Steve Ditko's door every day. Oh yeah, don't, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Does that. He answer a, ever? No. Don't. Well, do he you, looks out, sees me, and he that, puts the puts the lights. Okay, out. that's that's a tall order. <laughs> getting Steve Ditko to leave his apartment. It's a very I, short. I did want to get your opinion on something. Now, there's. There's there's a con every weekend in this country. Uh, I believe uh, there's uh, at last and count not just a comic con. <laughs> at last count, there were about over 150 cons just this year in America alone. Is it too much, Mike? Everyone talks about the bubble, the bubble, the bubble. You know, this is it. Uh, that it's gonna burst, and uh, you know we won't be able, we won't soon. We can't sustain this many cons. That, um, I have what do you, what's your opinion about that as a dealer? But uh, if anything, the bubble is just you know a con like the Big Apple is yeah. is, is one of the the last cons of that sort. That's just comic books and comic book collectibles right. because now with the internet you can kind of get whatever you want. Right, and the idea of melding together to get your collectibles now meld together to bring your superheroes and exchange information about movies and shows and your costumes and things like that is interesting i think at least for the next two to five years the movie companies have dc had just released their schedule what uh 10 plus movies between now and 2020 there's going to be 18 superhero movies in the next two and a half years so the combination of the media and the fact that what's going on—it's it, it, not really a bubble. It's kind of just become part of part of what's going on. It's just these life days. now. It's, it's yeah, pop culture it, now. It, it's strange, and I've seen it evolve. So, no, right now there's not there, there's run more conventions, see what happens. It'll be great. You know, okay. there's going to be all kinds. It'll probably branch off into different styles and different right. types of conventions. Like, somebody's asking me if you're going to be at C2E2. Will you be at C2E2? Unfortunately, I'm going to another convention. I'm yeah, going to California. Uh, again, I'm going to the I'll new Wozniak show in San Jose. My company that I work with, David Adams Cardward, will be there, but 
C2E2. I'll be at C2E2. If you're on Ming was talking If you're on the West Coast, go see Mike at the Silicon Valley Comic Con. There's a convention. We're all going to be at C2E2. Yes, we will. Every weekend. Yeah. I mean, sometimes multiple. So. It's but, amazing. The but, thing about the amount of cons is that as a dealer, you know, you can only go and do so many of sure. them. And it's just having, like, the cons have to give themselves room to breathe. You, you know, like one day in New York, uh, uh, like a year or so ago, there were three shows that day. There was one in, in Queens, there was one in New York, and there was one in White Plains. Yes. And, and that was just too much. I actually got set up at two of those shows. I sent my manager out with comic books to sure. one show, and I did art at another show and stuff like that. You but mean the WinterCon show in Queens? Yeah, that you are a partner <laughs> of yes. now. That weekend. Oh, okay. Eternal, Eternal Con. Con is great. And the, yes. the show that and then I, Mike, I, ran. I mean, uh, Rob was in uh, White Plains. Yeah, we ran. Oh, your comic okay. Best, right? oh, that's you awesome. guys are all competing against yeah. each other. What's up with that? I love it. Well, you know what? Nobody thinks that? six months out ahead. Well, you should. No, look at the damn calendars, people. <laughs> you should. You know, it's great because I love to go to shows. I do about 40 a year. But the reality is that some weekends there's four shows that I'd love to be at. Sure. And Absolutely. next weekend there's none. It's like, all right, well, use a Ouija board. But uh, the great growth factor of the, the comic book show is the cosplay uh, marketplace. Yes. Or uh, genre, let's say. And, you know, my assistant, uh, Shannon, is a perfect example of that. She's a 19-year-old uh, hustling uh, girl that wants to uh, make something of herself. And, and she sees cosplay as a vehicle to do that. There's like... Uh, uh, cosplay has become a professional uh, vehicle for... Uh, Girls and now, and, and it's like they can do, you know, uh, and, and guys, you know, it's kind of like how poker started early on, sure. you know, you know, there were small tournaments for small money and then there became bigger tournaments for bigger money, yeah. you know, and it became a huge uh, uh, phenomenon. So you're predicting, so, I, I mean, cosplay is huge already, but you're saying it's going to get even bigger. Oh, I, there's no stopping cosplay. Okay. Sto- there cosplay, will be, uh, I'm going to say that right now, there's going to be a cosplay championship. convention. Yeah, right. And they'll be they'll name like a national champion or an yeah, international champion. So. There'll probably be a league at some point. Yeah. Where teams compete against teams. Wow. Okay. Hopefully to the death. Okay. I know it's a Shannon says that's already a thing. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for schooling us. It's cool to have a pioneer in here. And uh, you know, people go to cons, they don't think about where it started or whatever. But I mean, you were one of the guys at the forefront. You know, I just thought of something. And you can't retire, Mike. I'm not going to retire. retire. It's not possible anymore. I tried it. It doesn't work. You're too colorful to retire. You're too knowledgeable to retire. You're just too you're just too you to retire. You know, I got inspired by the music. Since there's a Who concert in Madison Square yeah. Garden this Wednesday night, I'm going to be giving out going there, and I'm going to be giving out some free tickets to the Big Apple convention this weekend. So it. come to Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night, say hello, and we'll give you some tickets to Big Apple yeah, convention. Yeah, if you're anywhere nearby, free or Saturday, come 10 to 6 at the uh, Penn Plaza Pavilion. NYCBM.com. Yeah, get your tickets at the door. Get your tickets Cross online. the street from Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This come, is uh, awesome. Come see Mike. And if you DVR'd uh, comic book, man, Mike ran his commercial on the, on the show. I saw so, that. Yeah. You were uh, you had a TV commercial <laughs> airing during the freaking Walking Dead. Yeah. Now, Whose idea was that? It's now, just beginning. Now, what, it was, and it was a great commercial. Uh, I was just. I thought we had the most visitors to the website that day. It was I, awesome. I thought it was. I, I thought it was, I was like, wait, is this my, is this Mike show? And it's like, hey, come to my car with Big Apple Comic Con, right during the like the half hour break for at Walking Dead. Brilliant marketing, my friend. Thanks. Brilliant. Always hustling, but, but always in the right ways. From church basements to to pavilions to the Walking Dead. Maybe I'll just have a penthouse convention. You know? We'll do it in a plane. How about a convention in a 747? That's awesome. We'll, I have uh, an idea that uh, I think you'll like later on. We'll, we'll talk off mic. Okay. But, uh, too many mics here. Take Anthony's away. Right, he's, he's done. done. Yeah, thank All you, right. Anthony. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike Car- the great Mike Carbo. Mike Carbo. Thank you, everybody. And Collectors and Avengers and the Secret Stash. And don't forget, <laughs> Penn Plaza Pavilion this weekend, this Saturday. NYCBM. Dot com. And Mike is holding up his crabbing nets. <laughs> he's got to catch a fish every day or he's not happy. All well, right. come catch some comics this week, this weekend, March 5th. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for having us. Fabulous. All right. And there you go.
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.